Hello and welcome to an hour from Tower Podcast, the podcast that brings you the people and personalities of the College of St. Scholastica. You, you, you know, if you were in the room with us today, you would be overwhelmed because I think I've corralled with myself and my guest today the two most handsome bearded men on campus. Um, here today with our v- Vice President for Academic Affairs, Ryan Sandifer. Ryan, welcome. Nate, so glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Looking forward to this hour from the tower. That's right. And uh, again, I, we, you, you'll be able to look at the picture that I post online. But again, I, the, the two most handsome guys on campus. No, yeah. yeah, yeah, that, you know, I think that's not without question. <laughs> Probably true. Probably true. So, Ryan, as we do with all the podcasts, you know, let's start off with you know your journey here. You're a Wyoming guy. I, I, you're like one of five five hundred Wyoming people right in the world. But uh, again, why, bad Wyoming joke. But a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your journey here to Saint Scholastica. Yeah. Um, so I born and raised in rural Wyoming, a small small community outside of Casper, Wyoming. A uh, town is called Bar Nun, uh, B A R N U N N. For those of you who uh, are, are interested in the, the the spellings of small rural Wyoming towns, um, it's a kind of a a commuter community outside of Casper, the second largest uh, metropolitan area. Uh, my town was 800. Uh, Casper is about 50,000. Um, yeah, I had grew up in a in a small town community. Uh, grew up in a in a family that was uh, what I would call very working class. A uh, lot of lot of poverty, a lot of challenges, but a lot of lot of joy as well. Had a chance to play a, a lot of sports. My, I grew up in a family that really valued athletics and so had a chance to uh, see, see a little bit of the world by participating, participating in sports. So I you know, played football and basketball and track and, and baseball. Baseball was my, my sport of choice, but tried to dabble in, in everything from, from wrestling and um, wrestling to, to, to sprinting and other things, but really, really focused on, on baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, my, my journey to uh, my journey really began with just trying to figure out what I wanted to do uh, after high school. Um, uh, I would say I, I I really focused on baseball, so I knew I, I knew for sure that I wanted to try and do that at the collegiate level, and I I had a chance to to do that a little bit. I uh, went to a community college in 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 Texas, played a little bit of baseball, but quickly determined that that was not my my path, and so I. I regrouped, um, went to the University of Wyoming, uh, majored in political science, um, had a, an amazing experience uh, at the University of Wyoming. Uh, my, my mentor there was Dr. Frederick Homer. Uh, and from there, I knew for certain that I wanted to be a, a faculty member um, uh, focused on political philosophy. And so I I hung out at the University of Wyoming. Uh, I was encouraged to, to stay and, and do my master's degree there. Um, with my, my advisor, uh, and I had a chance to do my first real teaching at the university, uh, teaching a class in political theory and uh, U.S. government and a couple other courses. Got my master's degree, and <clears throat> after that, uh, got a job um, for a, a, a one year, really focused on um, doing doing research on the implications of, of, of federal and state policy on, on health care access and, and um, health care access and delivery in, in rural outstate Wyoming. And, um, and that was kind of a, a, 
a watershed moment in my career because I, 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 I identified that not only was I interested in, in, in higher education and academia, uh, I found an opportunity in a, in a new discipline where I thought there's a lot of, of, of political implications here in the healthcare space. And from that moment on, I, uh, my trajectory changed mm -hmm. and I, I focused on uh, getting my PhD in, in health services research or health informatics. And, uh, and that was kind of where I ended up. Uh, and later uh, had a chance to move to, the, move to the great state of Minnesota and um, took a job here at the College of St. Scholastica as a, as a researcher, um, focused on, on electronic health record implementation and, 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 and the impact of that on, on clinicians, and then moved into a, a faculty role thereafter. And from there, move my way up through promotions to my current role. And I can spend more time on this if, if you're interested. Yeah, what, what, like, yeah, again, so there was something that, you know, you know, that experience had triggered you to want to be a teacher, but now you're an administrator. So, you know, how, wh why the change there? What was, it, what was it about the administrative work that drew you in? Yeah, I, I um, being a faculty is such an interesting job because you get the, uh, such a diversity of roles. And so I, I became the department chair of the Department of Health Informatics and Information Management here at the college where I, I had a balance of both doing administrative work as well as, as teaching. And I, I love being a teacher. Uh, I love being in the classroom. I love working with students. And I, I really enjoyed um, mentoring graduate students in particular in terms of doing their capstone projects or their theses and, and doing, doing that real research. Um, but I equally loved the administrative part of the job, um, trying to, to develop strategy. Uh, going after grants and, and other funding to support and improve the work that we're doing, uh, uh, conducting evaluations of both faculty and and and, and the the impact of of our program on students and uh, the broader college, mm -hmm. um, uh, kind of doing the strategic planning and being asked to be part of the strategic planning efforts at the institutional level. So all of that work became a larger and larger focus of mine, uh, and I became better at it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really knew that this is this area of administration is something that um, that I I saw myself being being called to, uh, became part of my vocation. And, um, and when the opportunities arose to become part of, of larger strategic planning processes or task forces, or I, I was asked to uh, serve in other roles at a higher level at the institution, I jumped at that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, Dr. Wolfgang, Wolfgang Nodder um, sat in this position um, at the college, and I had a chance at, at that time to really work closely with him on some some major projects at the institution. And he, um, based upon some of the strategies at the, at the institution at that time, really identified a, a new role at the institution, and that was the associate vice president for academic affairs that was able to take uh, take take some of the roles and responsibilities that currently didn't fall into anyone's domain and kind of position those within uh, within this office. Mm -hmm. And I was able to, at that time, uh, be promoted into that position and really work on trying to advance the strategies around uh, graduate and non-traditional education as well as other things. Mm -hmm. But again, gave me that opportunity to advance my, my professional trajectory into a new role focused solely on administration and the rest is, is history, if you will. Yeah. And uh, something that I never thought in a million years that I was going to do. I knew I wanted to be a 
a teacher. I knew I wanted to, to be a, an educator. I knew I wanted to be a faculty member focused on, on research and publications, and I, I have been able to do that. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting in this world when uh, opportunities present themselves and you, you find that you have skills that you didn't, didn't know you, ha you had. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to, to roll the dice and, and see where, where, where your life takes you. And this yeah. has been taking me in a, in, a, in a pathway that I never would have expected. Yeah. But I'm loving every minute of it. Yeah, well, you know, I, maybe yeah. not every minute of it. But I'm I'm loving my job, and I, I look forward to coming to work every single day because of the the work that we do and the people we do it with. Well, well played when you know that some of the colleagues that you work really closely with listen out on the podcast. So well played there, Ryan. Well played. You know, you talk about life taking interesting turns. I mean, I you know I grew up a lifelong Wisconsinite. Never in a million years would I think I'd be sitting in Duluth, Minnesota, of all places, right, having this conversation. You, you know, again, working class family, um, you know, town of 800, Wyoming. Um, talk about that transition to Duluth. So you came as a, a, a young person, like, like mm -hmm. why Duluth? The opportunity only or was there other things like that drew you to, you know, coming and staying in Duluth? That's a good question, and um, so I married a Duluthian, and um, you know, some say when you marry a Duluthian, all roads lead to Duluth. So, <laughs> uh, but no, I, when I was working at the University of Wyoming, um, my wife Sarah and I uh, would come here every summer okay. and um, spend uh, at least three weeks here in the summertime, uh, getting away and, and having a having a you know a really good vacation, and I. I honestly fell in love with Duluth, yeah. and um, when the, and I, I kept my eye on the job market here here in, in in Minnesota and in Duluth in particular. And when a job came open at the the College of Saint Scholastica, mm -hmm. I jumped at the at the chance mm -hmm. to to apply for it. And it was a risk, you know. It was a at that time I, I I applied for a job that was it was a grant funded position, so it was a non permanent position, and I wanted to be at this college and in Duluth so much that I, I took that risk of, of, you know, of going for it and accepted the position, moved here. What's interesting a little bit about this is that um, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, uh, Brian and Jennifer Chatterton, mm -hmm. now hail from Casper, Wyoming, <laughs> uh, they both are, are uh, alums of the College of Saint Scholastica, wow. and so Brian uh, is actually from Casper, uh, Wyoming, as a hometown. Came here to play soccer and tennis. Uh, was it really interested in um, in, in in getting a, a private Catholic Benedictine uh, education? Yeah. There are no institutions like this in the state of Wyoming. I uh, was recruited and and attended the college. Met his now wife Jen here at the uh, at the institution, who where she's from Duluth. Uh -huh. They moved back to Casper, and then my wife moved out to Wyoming because of that, and ultimately we moved back uh, because of the College of St. Scholastica. So I say the College of St. Scholastica is, um, is an important part of, uh, of my life, not only because um, I, I have a, a, the privilege of working here, but it, in some ways it was the only reason that I now have the love of my life yeah. uh, and my beautiful, you know, family that I, I get to hang out with so much, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think that it's a, it's an interesting interesting trajectory where our, our intersections yeah. lie. That, that six degrees of separation, I mean, it's crazy that they would, that the, all of those stars 
<laughs> excuse me, would align that way. So that's mm-hmm. crazy. I we can talk a little bit more about kind of the work you do in Journey, but you bring up your wife, and we're on the heels of this the day after Valentine's Day. We're recording this, so tell me about the romantic Ryan right now. Your wife will probably listen to this, so you got to be careful. But like, tell me the 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 best Valentine's Day or best romantic thing you've done for your wife. I really do not like you. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like putting uh, you on the spot. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, that's that's a good question, and 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 putting me on the spot is 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 a challenge. But you know, I, I think that um, it lately we have we have three children. Um, you know, Isla is my oldest, Brogan is the middle middle boy, and Torin is my youngest. And uh, it's hard to hard to think about romance too often when uh, my wife and I are, 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 chasing. are chasing it yeah. and burning it on both ends, trying to get them to all of their activities and such. Right. But, you know, one of the things that I like to do is um, is I love to to cook. Yeah. You know, I do love to to grill and, and make dinners. And, and I think one of the things that I, I try to do, and I wish I could do it more often, is to simply... Uh, cook really good meals um, off the grill typically uh, whenever I can and so now is that the most romantic thing that I can do probably not uh, I don't uh, I don't have a habit of sweeping uh, sweeping her off her feet which I, I maybe I should more frequently <laughs> but I, I I do like to 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 pull the family together uh, pull my wife together uh, and and offer really really good meals from yeah. time to time well, Miss Sandifer, you're you're welcome. Now that I've got Ryan thinking about this, and since I put you on the spot, I can say too for me, and I always say I always kid around and say this is when I was young and really stupid in love with with my wife. Still, I'm pretty stupid in love with her. But when I really was before we were married, I bought a bag of Hershey's Kisses. I unwrapped them, took that little piece of paper out, wrote little messages on a different piece of paper, and rewrapped the Hershey's Hershey's Kisses back up and gave them to her. That is an effort and a half. So good, good for you. Yeah, but nowadays you, know, you talk about little things like making dinners. I know Melissa always talks to me too about, like sometimes, like like taking care of loading the dishwasher without being asked is a big deal, right? So sometimes I think as husbands and especially in our roles, I, we just had a conversation about this yesterday. You know, she sent a text and I was running busy one thing to the next didn't even respond or acknowledge it and you know that that was really problematic for her and it was it, in hindsight yes absolutely but the the running so i you, you mentioned you mentioned your kids and the running that you do so you you've got to share with me and i'm always fast in learning more about this hockey culture here in Duluth. So you're like you're like kind of the hockey king. I'm I'm I'm, I'm of Duluth, I think, right? So what role do you play with youth hockey here in town and and, and that work with that you do? Yeah, and I yeah. So thank thanks for the question about about hockey because um, I was not prepared. Speaking about coming to Duluth and and and, and trying to be understand the culture of Duluth, I was not prepared uh, given my upbringing and and Wyoming's culture. To be integrated into a culture that's so hockey dominant. Yeah. Um, My guess is there's probably more hockey rings within eye shot of this office than there is in the entire state of Wyoming. I think you are right, sir. Uh, <laughs> so I, I remember uh, growing up in Wyoming, and we had an ice rink in our in Casper. Oh, okay. There was one rink in a town of fifty to sixty thousand, yeah. and the metro area yeah. being a little bigger than yeah, that. Yeah. But 
um, you know, I think that it was one of those things where the family would 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 go and and rent skates once a year and and then skate in circles, and that was that was our skating yeah. experience, yeah. maybe ten times in my childhood. Yeah. Fast forward a few years, uh, yeah, my my kids uh, basically found their ways to to being in hockey, and I'm I'm the type of parent where I love coaching. Uh, where I, I have a, a ton of passion for being a coach, and I think for me it's, it, it helps me balance out my life because when I leave work, you know, as you mentioned, our, 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 our jobs, our, our roles uh, can bring a lot of stress and anxiety. And for me, uh, I, I get a lot of balance by being able to be, able, being able to be extremely involved in my, my kids, oftentimes through sport. Yeah. Um, and so when... Um, when they started to be able to want to get in sports, they they naturally gravitated to hockey being in in Duluth, and so I I said, well, how can I best you know be involved in this? And so I I I got the skates, I got the stick, I taught myself how to uh, to skate well enough to coach uh, four year olds to nine year olds, and um, and really found a passion for doing this because it was a great way to meet uh, all kinds of, of of individuals from across the, the cross section of Deleuze fabric, yeah. and so um, there are many, many, uh, many rinks in Duluth. But uh, I currently serve as the rink director for Congdon Park Hockey. So not only did I get involved and learn how to skate, I I also got on the board and became a coach and and helped and helped out in, in many ways. And so I'm the rink director, which means I help recruit coaches, I help um, support the support the association, develop the teams, fundraise, and, and all of that. Run the board, yeah. and it's it's a great it's a great thing. I I, I will say uh, there's there's more commitment f- for youth hockey in Duluth uh, than it takes from probably any other sport that I've ever been a part of, simply because of the the massive amount of work that it takes from from the community uh, to make the ice. Uh, to maintain the ice, to uh, organize outdoor games and, and practices. Uh, and so it's a huge commitment, but it's, it's a labor of love because the, the kids spend countless hours outside and the parents spend countless hours uh, talking to each other uh, and, and learning about one, one another and advancing the community through this unique sport. Yeah. Uh, I say we, we build community while we're building ice. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, so I'm, so I'm gonna tell a little story here. So I get this, I get this text message from Ryan, maybe about a, two weeks ago or so, saying, "Hey, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to go help flooded flood a hockey rink?" And I'm like, "Okay, well, this will be a first, right?" I mean, I grew up growing up in Wisconsin. I would say it's probably similar to Wyoming. Hockey's not that big of a deal there. We know what hockey is, and that's about it. So. It, it, no, I'm going to embellish some things, but it's, it's, it makes the story cooler. But you, you show up to this rink, and it's, it's like the godfather pulls up in his truck, right? He's got a case of a beverage under one arm. So picture Ryan with this, right? I'll just say it's beverages. But we walk into this, this um, not a garage, not a shack. It's kind of a, a middle in between the two. And, you know, dimly lit, other guys in there. But there's like there's a zamboni in this freaking shed in the middle of a park in the middle of Duluth, and you say this is how it is across. Like there's seven parks, mm-hmm. multiple rinks, zambonis. Like for somebody who's not a hockey or not listening to this, like 
that that's intense to keep all of that like you say the volunteer work that has to happen to make it work but it was like walking into this building with the godfather of, of hockey in Duluth so well um, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna try and hold on to that title I think it sounds pretty good uh, I think that it, again it, that's 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 a, embellishment is an under uh, is an understate overstatement yeah, yeah. Uh, or, right. but but I, I I think that you're right it's it's a unique like I said it's a unique uh, a unique culture in Duluth where um, uh, essentially, there are public parks around this community uh, that that basically require the volunteerism of of an army of parents to basically maintain. And you're right; it's a uh, there's a lot of infrastructure that has been handed handed down. And I it's kind of it's kind of like camping, right? And in terms of going, uh, you know, leaving a campsite better than how you found it. And these these rinks only survive based upon the countless hours. Of, of volunteerism and fundraising and trying to make these these parks better than they were the year before, yeah. and so you know investing in the investing in the infrastructure whether it be the the boards or the the zambonis or the the shacks or 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 trying to make hockey more affordable for more youth in this in the city um, is a is a labor and it and I, I will I will say I'm involved in many youth sports it's it's unique. Uh-huh. Yeah. When, when speaking of sport again, you know, you said you sport involved in sports and things. When you were in Wyoming, this is something I have never asked somebody. I haven't known many people from Wyoming. Actually, my my first mentor in enrollment, um, Jim Wiseman, was a Wyoming guy. So it's interesting, uh, you know. But but what I, I never asked him this question. I think what were your what were your professional sports teams? Wyoming doesn't have any professional sports teams. It's just the Cowboys at the University of Wyoming. But what's the what's the sports teams that you followed, or what in the state? What how, did that differ yeah. from in the state? Yeah. So uh, for those of you who are um, not familiar with Wyoming, Wyoming is the least populated state in in the union. Um, slightly over five hundred thousand. Um, 500,000 total population across the entire state. That means there's about 5.1 persons per square mile of the of the state of Wyoming. Um, the the mo- only state that's uh, less densely populated is Alaska at 2.7 people per square mile because of how, how big, big it is. It is. Yeah. But but regardless, uh, if you want a picture of, of kind of the disbursement of uh, or the distribution of population in Wyoming. If you take the three largest communities in Wyoming, it would be Cheyenne, which is the capital, Casper, which um, uh, is where I'm from, and then the War Memorial Stadium at the University of Wyoming at Capacity. <laughs> Those would be the three largest communities. Yeah. <clears throat> that, that says a lot. Yeah. Uh, in terms of sports, yeah, obviously the, a, lot of, a lot of folks follow the University of Wyoming as the, the main sport, only Division One. Um, that's the only Division One college uh, in in Wyoming. Uh, it's also the only four-year institution in Wyoming. So there's only one four-year institution, but there's an amazing network of, of community colleges that are similar in size to four-year institutions. That yeah. so it's a little different model. Yeah. Uh, and then in terms of sports teams, uh, obviously professional. Um, uh, that's very controversial. But in terms of what what I followed. Uh, Denver Broncos, okay. Colorado Rockies, okay. Colorado Avalanche, okay. Nuggets. Right? Okay. So, yeah. so the basically uh, the Colorado okay. teams. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only other professional sports around us would be the, um, the Salt Lake uh, 
uh, Utah Jazz, yeah. right, in terms yeah. of Salt Lake. Yeah. And then now there's soccer teams, but they weren't there, I don't think, when I, was, yeah. when I lived there. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, I, you know, going back, political science, you said you studied political science. Why political science? You don't strike me as a very political guy. And maybe, again, maybe that's a misnomer for me. Like, political science doesn't need to be hardcore politics. But, like, what, how, did, how did, out of anything you could have studied, why did you center in on political science? You know that's that's a really good question too, Nate. I uh, I would say, um, you know, growing up, I didn't have a lot of direction in terms of academics. You know, my family, I, I mentioned, very working class. I think very very supportive in general. I think um, I'm a first generation college student, so I don't think there was a lot of of pushing in one way or the other, other than through athletics. And I think there was an expectation that that college was an option, but it wasn't very. Uh, expected one way or the other uh, wasn't very supported one way or the other, but there was a there was an assumption that that's that's an option. Um, I had a faculty member, uh, Dr. Everett Ockham, um, who really changed my life. Uh, he was a history faculty member, but also taught uh, courses on the history of politics that I, I I took early on in my my academic career, and. Um, and basically, I could see this being a passion of mine. So I, uh, just having this one course and then having multiple conversations and multiple courses with this individual had such an, a profound impact on my my thinking, for one, my ability to to write and um, write and speak and articulate my thoughts very clearly. At least that was my perception at the time. <laughs> But it was, it was a profound impact, and so I think initially uh, I, I opted into political science simply because I, I found a passion for studying, studying the history and uh, the, the history um, and, and, the, and the, the underpinnings of our, of our democracy with this individual, but then it became a passion of mine moving forward. But yeah. it really speaks to how, how important that faculty-student dynamic is, especially when people are trying to find themselves uh, in our institutions. Yeah. Um, later, uh, I maintained that, that, that degree thinking that I, first I was going to go into law, uh, that's what my brother did. Uh, and then, uh, again, another faculty member of mine, uh, I had a, I found a new, newfound passion thinking I was going to go into a, get a PhD in political philosophy. And I knew it was going to be the, uh, Indiana University in Bloomington, but it wasn't. Things change. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was really an impact of, of, of passion found through, um, you know, through this unique process of simply learning a little bit about history, learning a little bit about yourself through that process, and a lot of, a lot of conversations with faculty, and that's why I tell students, take advantage of office hours because um, if you come to come to college, knowing exactly who you are and what you're going to be doing uh, yeah. now and in the future. Yeah. Um, I think you may be mistaken. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, I want to touch on a theme, whether it's your work as a faculty member, as an administrator, you know, all the hockey stuff that you do. There's a common thread, I think, that runs through it all, and that's service and serving. What does serving others mean to you? Wow. Yeah, I've always had a passion for... For trying to to do good uh, in some one one way or another, I I feel like 
I, I feel that um, I, I get a lot of my identity through collaboration and that I think that there's just tons of opportunities for making an impact through uh, programs or projects that, that, that can really influence whether that be the youth mm-hmm. or, or, or through serving on, on boards, through serving uh, associations or, or companies that, that have an impact that to do good. And so I think service for me is, uh, is simply about taking the, the time and talents and treasures that you have and trying to put it into uh, programming and, and, or time or projects one way or another that can, that can really lead to smaller or large impacts on, on those that, that we love or care about or the communities in which we live. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that's a, that seems to be a core component of, 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 of who I am and, and, and what I, a representation of what I value. Uh, I also think it's just, for me, I, I get so much joy of doing it. I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel when I, when I, when I be able to switch my, my hat, uh, turn my hat around or, or flip the switch and, and move into this other role, it's just, it's a carryover and, and, uh, for me into another, another area of life where I can just keep, keep pushing, uh, keep pushing uh, my, keep pushing in a, in a direction, that even though it's a different topic or a different discipline, um, you don't have to be extremely talented to be able to to serve and and, and do good in terms of coaching or ser- uh, service on a board. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to. Oftentimes, you have to show up and, and be a willing participant to say, you know what, this is important. Yeah. Uh, this is an important uh, topic. This is an important uh, program. How best can I aid in in the development of that? And I think there's just you know this community needs more of that type of volunteerism. Yeah, and an old football coach that I used to work with said. You know, in your life, take care of the TNTs, the thing that take no talent. And uh, like you say, showing up and having a desire to do good, it takes no talent to do that. You just have to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a lot there that, that resonates with me. So that's good. Um, again, I'm kind of bouncing all around and switching gears, but that's all right. That's kind of the nature of what we do here. So I, there's a there's a lot of that professionally that resonates with me but again as i've gotten to get to know you and you were one of the first faces that i connected with here as i was taking the job you were leading the search committee that brought me here so everybody listening to this if you want somebody to blame ryan and teresa in counseling are the two that you should send your uh, send your letters to but um <laughs> so but i feel like there's like a almost like a brother from another mother situation. So let's talk about that. So when Brian has his downtime, a day off, kids aren't running somewhere, and you sit down, what's on the radio? What what are you what what's on your Spotify? What's on your Apple music that you're playing? Oh wow. Um you know that that's another really good I I love music. My dad um my dad instilled in me a love for for music. And so I um I I have my, the genres that, that I listen to are, are far and wide. My dad was a blues musician. Oh, wow. He picked up, um, he learned how to play uh, blues harmonica in uh, the army when he was serving uh, during the Vietnam uh, War. He was, he was stationed in Germany during that time period and, and, and picked up how to play blues harmonica in something that he, he's carried forward uh, wow. my entire life. So I had That's a chance awesome. to, to hear a lot of blues music growing up and something that I, I really um, 
you know, enjoy to date. Yep. Uh, but so if, if but if you look at my my Spotify or my Pandora station right now, I believe you'd find the Chris Stapleton, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Stapleton, Chris Stapleton radio station is is what's currently playing in my office yep. and. Um, you know, which was, it's interesting. I mean, I, uh, I've been listening to Chris Stapleton a lot because of, uh, I just found, find his, his voice so, so bluesy. Yeah. Um, I think that he's, has such a talented and unique, yeah. unique voice. No doubt. But then, uh, the AI that's predicting what I might like related to Chris Stapleton yeah. has been also, uh, pretty interesting. But yeah, yeah, Chris Stapleton, uh, for sure. Uh, you also might find some, uh, some U2, uh, playing. Yeah. Um, or uh, if I'm really in the mood, some some '90s hip hop and rap. So you just you just never know what you're gonna find uh, when you when you step into my. Yeah, office. that's awesome. All stuff too, and, and a great national anthem at the Super Bowl, by yes. the way, too. I'd well, I'd say one of the best ever. So there's been some great ones with that one. You think of Whitney Houston, Marvin Gaye at the NBA All Star Game, but Stapleton's at the at the Super Bowl was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty remarkable. I think that um, something so simple. Um, Simple about it, yet so profound in terms of his ability to connect with. Um, obviously, based upon the images that came right. came came through right. through social media and otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, bringing people to tears because of of the the passion. Yeah. Yeah. It's for sure. Pretty amazing. So that's so that's on the radio. Um, you, you you get a chance to sit down and and pull out your favorite movie or movies. What's what are those? Ooh, favorite. Um, Movie or movies, you know, I, I will say I'm. Uh, I, there's there's something in my, in in my heart that just connects with some of these dumb, comedies from the the, the early '90s, yeah. you know. So, uh, I mean, if I had to, I mean, I think, I think the classics are something like you know, Tommy Boy would be be in the list, yeah. and Office Space would be yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the list. Yeah. Um, I think that I also uh, I love um, kind of these 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 classic sports movies, whether it be uh, Remember the Titans and yeah. Miracle and yeah. um, you know these movies. But you know I, I love I love films, and if those of you who know me, uh, or, or if those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm a movie quote guy. So uh, there's not a day that goes by where I don't I don't quote some movie. I just have a um, I have a photographic memory when it comes to movie quotes. Yeah. But not much else. Yeah. So <laughs> can't remember those other things. It's so fun too because I think I, I know I certainly did for a long time had this vision, especially somebody in you know with as fancy of a title as yours. Like they must at like they go home and then they read books and they. But to hear like our vice president for academic affairs loves Tommy Boy. That's, if that doesn't scream I'm accessible, nothing else will. So that's incredible. You know, I'm human, all too human. That's right. right? Yeah, so that's I, right. I, I think that that's the thing. Is that uh, you know one of the things I, I tell students, um, uh, you know, I think that there's oftentimes this presumption that that that, that faculty all they do is uh, uh, write uh, esoteric uh, research papers <laughs> or or or, 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 or uh, critiques of, of of policy or politics or, or literature, yeah. and we do do that right. stuff, but we're also Human beings who, uh, who who enjoy the, the simple pleasures in life, yeah. like uh, watching movies and yeah. watching television shows, and um, uh, you know, eating fast food and eating great food. Yeah. And so I, I always, one of the things when I have a chance to interact with students is say, hey, 
us faculty, we're just humans. Mm-hmm. You know, come mm-hmm. talk to us. We we have the same issue. We, we're we're dealing with the same issues that you are, yeah. and so, uh, you know, come talk to us because oftentimes students, they just are terrified. Yeah. Of, of they may they may say something wrong. Well, yeah. I probably said twenty seven things wrong or right. more right. in the last thirty seven minutes yeah. on this this podcast. <laughs> so I have yeah. apologies in advance. No, that's good. And I guess to round this out, so third, right? We know it's on the Spotify or, or Pandora. We know it's on the TV screen. Um, what's in the What's in the thermos? What's in the What's in the glass when you want to relax and and, and and sit down? Oh. Another good. I love this. This is fun. <laughs> what's in the What's in the glass? Well, I think you know one of the one of the great things about living in Duluth is that we live in a place with some of the best water uh, in in the world. The quality of the water is amazing, and the quality of the water goes into making some of the best beer. I yeah. think uh, yeah. that we can we can we can get locally, mm-hmm. and um, so you know, for me, um, I think that right now the uh, the, what's in my glass lately would be um, Earthrider uh, Earthrider Pale Ale nice. is is a beer that I'm yeah. really enjoying right now. Yeah. Um, I also have a, a, a passion for for drinking uh, Bent Paddles Bent Hop beer. Uh, yeah. When I want something a little hoppier, I'll yeah. go on that side. Yeah. But Castle Dangerous Cream Ale is also a, yeah. a, good, um, a good one. You know, a, a good one that I, I I'll, uh, a, a staple that I'll, I'll be able to go to if if those others aren't on tap right now. Yeah. <laughs> but then if I'm really in the mood, I, you know, um, you know, good good bourbon, mm-hmm. good whiskey is always uh, goes a long way. Yeah. So yeah, you know, Jameson Jameson's always a, a good thing for me yeah. to sip on, yeah. um, as well as um, you know, well. Any bourbon is fine. Yeah, <laughs> I always say once I'm a bourbon guy. So well, this well, this all this does is is convinces me we are brothers from another mother because <laughs> it lines up almost perfectly. But I always say with a good bourbon, it's like after the first glass, it, like the rest of it, it's like you know, it, it's all relative from there. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. awesome. Well, I've been peppering you for the better part of almost forty minutes now. So as we do always, you turn it around. What questions do you have for me? Um. Well, Nate, this has been really enjoyable, and uh, you've learned a little bit about me. Uh, you're you're the you're the newcomer to the mm-hmm. to the Duluth area. Mm-hmm. Um, what what has surprised you about uh, about Duluth in general, and about your experience at the college um, in particular? Sure. Well, in December, you know, whatever it was, seventy inches of snow and like 24 hours that was a little bit of a surprise but you know i've been through those storms before but that was a nice you know first first winter in duluth wake up call with everybody that was saying you're going to duluth you know what the winters are like up there i'm like come on i've lived in the upper midwest my whole life so that was a little bit of a surprise but no you know i think i think from a surprise standpoint you know there's little things here or there that are different from other places you've been but for the most part you know again it's 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 very typical to other smaller schools that I've worked at, small private Catholic higher ed schools, it's, you know, again, the missions and values are very much the same. The The people um, are very much cut from that same cloth of, again, wanting to serve, wanting to make an impact, um, wanting to really shepherd this awesome responsibility of having the effect on the trajectory of a person's life. Again, mm-hmm. I've talked a lot about that over the, over the years and during my time here. So, you know, I don't know 
if there's any massive surprises per se. I haven't spent a whole lot of time digging into the Duluth area because I want to wait for my wife to, to join me um, mm-hmm. next year as our son graduates high school um, back in the St. Cloud area. But um, yeah, I would say any surprises for the most part have been relatively pleasant surprises or, or at least maybe affirmations of what I would have thought, you know, coming in. Mm-hmm. But um, it's always fun meeting new people. That's part of the joy of working in higher ed is, you know, we get older and things stay the same for us, but there's always new students and new families and new situations that we get to learn. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 yeah great. Um, so when you, when you, uh, you've been here now since... About six months or six so. Months. Yeah, six, six months. Six months. Yeah. Gosh, it feels like six years. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Uh, so, so you've been here six months. Um, how would you characterize the the identity of the College of Saint Scholastica? <laughs> you see, you know, you're really getting. It's that it was that Valentine's yeah, Day question. Exactly. Gosh, you know. Well, this is a really good podcast. See you later. Um, you know, I, I think the identity of the place is. I think. Um, a real strong focus on recognizing learning throughout the lifespan. You know, again, it's great. And it's one of the draws for me here was having the ability to work with students from, you know, a, a 16, 17-year-old prospective student in their sophomore, junior year, all the way through to, you know, students. We have students who are, are well into their 60s, 70s. I mean, we've had mm-hmm. students, again, wanting to come back for education or advancing their careers. So I think it's an institution that recognizes that learning throughout the lifespan, the health science aspect of what happens here. Um you know, I, I just I'm starting to establish with doctors in the area. My physician assistant, a Scholastica grad. My physician family practice doctor, a Scholastica grad. Like, I, especially in the Northwoods here, you can't you can't walk through a hospital without tripping over a Saint Scholastica graduate. And again, you know the health the health professions, right? Those those disciplines are where their careers have ended up. But it's the, you know, it's the English classes, it's the theology classes, it's the philosophy classes, um, the history classes that have developed where I've encountered really thoughtful, welcoming, hospitable um, graduates, right? Professionals in their in their careers. So I think that's that's a big identity. I think another thing too and again their presence isn't what it used to be i'm i'm sure here you know 50 60 years ago but the sisters as well the monastic community i mean they're um a wonderful group of women that anytime i'm in the presence of one of them i always pick up something and learn something it may not be from an academic text or anything like that but i learn about or i'm reminded about compassion prayer thoughtfulness mindfulness reflection silence you know there's times i go to prayer or i go to mass with them and you know we do a reading and then you sit there and uh, you know the, i in my mind i'm thinking like all right is it like did somebody forget that they need to go up and do the next part of the mass right but 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 then i then i remember like this the whole point in this is to 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 reflect on what you're hearing and just take the time to 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 be right to be so I, yeah, I, maybe that gets at some of it, but I think those are some of the things I think that really um, strike me. But great students. I mean, the relationships I'm starting to forge in my role, especially with students, um, they make everything tolerable. Well, yeah. 
And um, so then I'll I'll transition to a, a softball now since right. I saw it. So right. I, I, got, I got back at you <laughs> yeah. for the, the earlier yeah. Valentine's yeah. thing. Um, so what about you? I mean, so what's on your radio? I mean, what, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you were if yeah. you were going to be uh, be uh, be chilling out, yeah, um, listening to some music and, and having a drink, yep. uh, what, yep. what, what's what's on the radio and what's uh, what's in the cup? Yeah. So for me, again, all music ended about 1994. So if it was between you know the years of 1960 and 1994, that's what's there. So a lot of classic rock. We just went to see a cover band for Kansas Journey. Um, uh, sticks and oh, I'm, I'm forgetting the last one. But it was like you were sitting there in concert listening to those bands. So that was awesome. Like you know, I one of the few husbands that went along with my wife and the teachers from her school because she knew I would love it, and I did. Right. So anything like that, I, you know, music has this way, as you know, of you know, you hear certain songs and it takes you back to a certain time and place. And I love you know, doing, being able to do that, especially the older I get, you know, reflecting now back on where I've been and the people that I've met and, you know, times that I've had, um, that's a lot of fun. So anything like that, anything from, you know, the Beatles to Vanilla Ice to Journey to uh, uh, Garth Brooks, right? Anything, as long as it falls in that time framework. And then, you know, drink, if I'm, if I'm, if I if I'm uh, in the mood for something with a little higher octane, any bourbon doesn't matter. It's good. I'll try it. I'll love it. It's good. So I'm very much. There's usually six or seven bottles at any point open in 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 at home that that I try from time to time. Um, if I'm not looking for something high octane, huge root beer fan. Love all different kinds of root beer. Um, so. Uh, yeah, if I can get my hands on a root beer, if I'm driving, or if I have other responsibilities that require me to not talk any more stupid than I do right now, um, <laughs> it's 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 a root beer. So yeah, so a lot of fun. But, Good stuff. Yeah. So, well, it's been great. Thanks for being here, Ryan. Again, like for me, it just verifies again why I think we've made such a great connection and, and work so well together in our main areas here at the institution. So, thanks for sharing a bit about yourself and, and taking the time to be here today. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it, and um, thanks for bringing what you bring to the table to the College of Saint Scholastica. I appreciate that. Yeah, very much. Well, that was an hour from Tower Podcast this week. We'll be back next week with another episode. Have a great day.